Hey, this is Daniel. Thanks for listening to DIY Money. If you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review on iTunes so your friends know that they can learn from the show. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to another edition of DIY Money. DIY Money. What's shaking, Ali? Oh, not too much. A couple episodes ago, we were talking about fall, mm. and I brought the mood down and said I was going to be in a bad mood for the whole Ridiculous. season. What do you got going on in fall? Are you a big pumpkin spice guy? Oh, my wife is a huge pumpkin spice fan. And we got like the Sip Club I talked about on a few episodes ago, the Sip Club for Panera that is like a life changer for us because now we pay $10 a month for coffee instead of her going to Starbucks and getting something that is, you know, $5 every time you go. Life changer for sure. But Panera does not have pumpkin spice lattes they around don't. this time of the year. My God, this is an outrage. So... Wife's not too happy about that. <laughs> so every once in a while, we have a, a little splurge where we get a little pumpkin spice latte. I will tell you, over the last weekend, we went out to a pumpkin patch. And I know this episode is going to come out around Halloween time. But we went out to a little pumpkin patch in our town. And we live in a very small town. Frankfort, Kentucky is not exactly a metropolitan area. But we were driving down this road. We thought we were probably going to get murdered on this farm in the middle of nowhere. A good but sign. it actually turned out really cool. Going out on a little hayride, getting pumpkins, you know, being able to just see the fall and the leaves change is awesome. And then, I mean, it's football season, so I love fall. This is my time of year to shine. Chili, Keeneland. Are you a big Halloween? Horse racing. What could be better? It's (laughs) All right, all right. Sit down, sit down. (laughs) It's great. Are you a big Halloween guy, too? I'm not, but... I will say, and you mentioned this a couple weeks ago, you do something really fun for Halloween every year. So what do you do for Halloween, Allie? I don't even know if you wanted me to bring this up, but well, what do you do for Halloween? sensitive subject. I'm trying to figure out right now and nail down if I'm going to put the effort in this year. But I've been hosting every year a murder mystery party. That's fire. Which is awesome. You can buy these kits online. They're like $35. Okay. And then you just spend hours slaving away on <laughs> decorations and assigning roles it actually it's been a lot of fun and i'll probably end up doing it but now that you bring that up i probably need to do that like very soon at least get the date on the calendar mm. if we're gonna do that yeah because we're recording this beginning of october and that's gonna be yeah tiktok all rolling <laughs> yeah all but, right i'll work on it so you put in like all this time and effort and then you were like it's like clue kind of or like the kind board game of clue, or so is it like- these are actually really elaborate i was very impressed we've done it this will be the third year if we do it Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and the kits come with like all these elaborate scripts, so it's like a PDF, and they're like three hundred pages long. But like, wow. there will be like twenty pages for each character, and wow. you're supposed to like send the PDF and email and be like, "Hey, you're like Scarlet, and you're gonna die tonight." And here's Great. here are the six things that are important that you say before you die. And so everyone is supposed to read their characters develop their accents which is my favorite part i always pick like crazy accents for everyone we'll see if it happens i love it all right a few housekeeping odds and ends send in your questions questions to podcast at diymoney.org that's podcast at diymoney.org you send in an audio question you just record that audio question on your phone you can send it in then um keep them about a minute long we've been getting great questions from you guys so we'd love to have more and, you know, I get a lot of 
emails from folks that listen to our podcast and they say, hey, I listen to the podcast a whole lot. I really am wondering about this specific thing. Well, then send in a question because we would love to hear about it and we would love to dialogue about it on the podcast. So again, podcast at DIYMoney.org. Send in those questions. We are sponsored this episode and every episode by Jewel Financial. Uh, We have a wealth development program that we utilize and, and bring folks in that are kind of at a point where it's just too much for them to manage on their own necessarily, and they need a partner that comes alongside them that helps them develop a financial plan, helps them with investment strategy, saving strategy, all of those different things. So definitely look us up, Jewel Financial, J-O-U-L-E, financial.com, and you can see and learn a little bit more about the wealth development program there. I put a video up that you can watch and, and learn a little bit more. Okay, we have a great question today. Uh, we're going to go to our question from TC. TC, what do you got? DIY! Hey, what's up, DIY money guys and gals? It's TC from Los Angeles. Love the bro talk. I had a quick question in terms of managing the accounts that I've set up for my kids. They have the 529, they have a Roth IRA in each of their names. And I've opened up a custodial taxable investment account for each of them as well. And they are each contributing a little bit of their part-time job paychecks to their investments, which I help to manage. But I'm wondering what your recommendations would be in terms of how much to put in each of these when we have the three options available. Because uh, I want to make sure that I maximize their investments and get them the best possible return. My kids are 20. 18 and 16 years old, respectively, and can't wait to hear your answer. Keep up the good work and keep doing what you're doing and have a great day. Awesome question, TC. Thank you for that. And I do encourage folks to go back a couple of episodes. Allie and I were actually on, we were talking with Abraham, who sent in a junior question asking how to what, what to do with extra money and where to put it. And this one kind of goes into a father that's helping the kids really manage some different accounts in different places that money is going. And that one gets a little bit more granular and talks about what to invest in and and helping kids to start out with the investment strategy. So I encourage you to go back a couple episodes and listen to that question, uh, that DIY Money Junior question. But this is a good question to see overarching. Like you have these three different buckets. So again, TC said that he has a 529 set aside for the kids. Now that's typically set aside for educational expenses. There's then a custodial Roth IRA and and maybe one of the children now that's 20 is not custodial anymore, but has a custodial IRA that has money in it that's growing potentially for retirement funds. And then finally has another bucket that's just investment account. That's similar to a custodial account that we talk about a lot on this show. So a custodial account is probably what he's investing in there for the kids as well. So, Ali, I'm actually going to throw this one to you to start out. And let me know a little bit of what, what you're thinking with TC's question. Depending on the person, you could answer this a million different ways. And so to me, this question is a little bit less about what is the account value I should be rooting for and more about what are the underlying values or goals relating to these accounts. So I would start by saying, in your case, your kids are 20, 18, and 16. So that's going to change this answer quite a bit, especially as it pertains to the 529. 
So a 529 account is typically for college. So at this point, you probably have a decent idea of which of your three kids are enrolled. I guess a 20-year-old could already be enrolled, right? Yeah, in 20-year-old college. might already be or in college. Or even the 18- and 16-year-old might have a good idea of where they would like to be enrolled in college, which really helps fine-tune what amount they might need. To me, this question comes to, TC, what is your goal in passing along these funds to your kids? Are you wanting to set them up for long-term success? If that's the case, maybe you start with you know, setting them up well with retirement. Like we were talking about a couple episodes with the Roth IRA, if you start funding those early with compounding interest, that can be huge when you get to those retirement years. If your goal is more for short-term goals, like when I hear 16, 18, and 20, my brain is like, okay, these kids are probably begging you every day for a car if they don't already have one. Are you just wanting to kind of help them with some of those short-term goals to get them on their feet so that they can start with less debt per se and start aggressively saving for themselves for retirement? So I think this question, I wouldn't necessarily try to overfund your 529 specifically since that might be a little bit more quantifiable at this point. But regarding the other accounts, I would encourage you to just take some time to think through what purpose you want these funds to serve, whether it's just a huge blessing for your kids to hand them a ton of money at their disposal and say, do with this as you please, or if it's more pertaining to, hey, I really want you to be able to get a home here's a down payment for a home, or I want you to walk out of college debt free, maybe here is a ton of money towards education. And I would use that to drive the bus of how much should be in each of these vehicles. What say you, Logan? Start talking and talk fast, you lousy bum. Yeah, so this is the reason I really like this question, too, is we've gotten a lot of questions about custodial accounts, 529s lately. But this question is applicable to probably anyone that's listening to this podcast right now. And it's probably the most asked question we get in our wealth development program process. So when we're working with someone to figure out or help them with their financial situation, the question we get all the time is, I have all these different accounts. There's all these different tax strategies. There's all these different ways to put money places where is the best place for my money to go? So it's probably the most common question that we get. Again, what Ali's saying is crucial to determining where that money should go is you have to figure out what the priorities and what the goals are. Now, you mentioned the Roth IRAs for the kids. I love having Roth IRAs for kids starting out because of compound interest in the long term and having something start to build for retirement that is going to really grow significantly over time is a great strategy. Now, for anybody that's thinking, oh, wow, I need to go out there and open up a custodial Roth for my kids and start putting money there, you have to be careful. You can only contribute if your children have earned income. So that doesn't mean it comes from investment accounts. It has to come from W-2, 1099, actual working earned income that your kids are making. When they do that, you can put into a custodial Roth as much as they earn up to the contribution limits each year, which 6500 while we're recording this episode. So I do love that strategy. With a 529, we have talked a lot about 529s versus custodial accounts versus just saving in a joint account as family members. Again, this comes back to your goals. 
Is that money specifically designed for college? If it's like, hey, we're willing to give our kids money and we want to help them with whatever they end up doing after school, then maybe you could put some portion into the 529 doing some back of the envelope math to figure out, I don't really want to have over the $35,000 limit that Secure Act 2.0 says I can then convert to a Roth if my kids get a scholarship or they get uh, don't end up going to college or don't use that money. So that 35000 is something that I've talked to a lot of people about, maybe staying under that or right around that for when the kids get ready for college in case they don't use that money strictly and only for college expenses. They can then get a head start on their Roth contributions over the coming years and roll that money from the 529 over to the Roth. Again, we have other episodes that talk about that. Go back and listen to 529 episodes that we have about Roth and conversion and what that looks like. So potentially keeping that 529 under 35,000 if it's not well over it at this point. I do like what TC said about putting the kids' money Sound like that money is going into an account in their name, not the retirement account, not the 529 account. I like that because that additional money that they are saving from what they're doing part-time and the jobs that they're working, being able to see that go into an account and grow is huge for their understanding and knowledge when learning about the stock market, when learning about investment accounts. And, and I think that is crucial when you're working with uh, younger folks to help them understand really what does this whole thing mean? What is the stock market? Yes, it goes up. Yes, it goes down. Understanding those flows as well that you're not always going to make money and that it's not always a it's not a casino. Like it's not just gambling. We do research. We figure this out. We look at history to understand what investments make sense and why we're putting them in your account to to buy. So. TC, we, we say all of these things to not give you really a specific answer of what you said and what the best bucket is. I think it depends on those goals and what you guys are really wanting to do. If you had extra money, you said, you have, I have 5000 extra dollars that I can put into the kids' accounts today. It would really depend on, okay, are you really trying to help them long, long term for retirement head start? Are you trying to help them with near-term goals that are under five years that maybe shouldn't even be invested at all and should just be sitting in a money market or a treasury bond ready for a car or some kind of near-term goal? Well, you've got a sweet ride there. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Is it strictly for college? So that money, that 5000 should go into the 529 as additional college funding? Or is it for medium-term goals, like a 10-year goal or something like that? And it should go into their custodial or brokerage account and be put into a, a relative allocation that makes sense for that goal and the time horizon that goes with it. So there's so many different things you have to factor. I think what we do not do as a society as whole enough is sit down and write out those goals. So sitting down and saying, it is important for us to help their kids long-term for retirement. Oh, but actually, it's more important for us to buy a car in the next couple of years for them. Or it's more important for us to really fund college. Education is so crucial and important to us as a family. Sitting down and really writing out and thinking about those things is really important as you're trying to make those decisions. And then you can apply the capital based on those goals and desires. 
Anything else to add? Not only will it change based on the kid, too. I mean, if one kid may not go to college, that funding obviously is going to look different. So I would just encourage you, it could be a great opportunity to have some good conversations with your kids and kind of include that in so that if your values aren't aligning on the money, it'll bring that to light and you can kind of help them understand what your idea is behind giving the funds and maybe even what your underlying expectations might be. So that could eliminate some awkwardness down the road if they take that money and use it in a way that you weren't necessarily planning on or wanting them to use it on. Or maybe it is a free reign situation where you just want to hand them that money and, and really empower them to do what they want with it. So I think it's great. I think along with writing down those goals, maybe make it into a conversation and use it as a chance to really teach them about money and how their values will continue to coincide with the way that they spend their money long term. <laughs> That's marvelous. Great. Okay, the last thing I want to mention is to check out our website. We've been putting a lot of work into that. We've been putting up some more posts and blogs there. It's DIYmoney.org. Definitely check that out to learn a little bit more about what we do. TC, thank you again for your question. All right, friends, the secret to wealth is really very simple. Live on less than you make. Invest the rest. Make sure you're doing that based on your goals and desires. Do so for a very long time. Make it a great one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the show. If you want content delivered to you regularly, be sure to follow us on Instagram at DIY.money. And if you want your questions aired on the show, be sure to send that to us and you'll get $25 Amazon gift card. This show is for entertainment and educational purposes only and is not intended as personal financial advice. Before making any financial decision, please do your homework and consult a financial advisor as needed.